Let's podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Nostalgia FC podcast with your host, me, Drew. And me, George. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of obscure football history and obscure football players. Yeah, so each week we'll get on a guest who gives their favourite footballing eleven, their manager, their stadium, their kit and their super sub. Yeah, and this week's guest is a man by the name of Liam Anderson. It's a very topical week for Liam Anderson to come on this podcast, which you'll figure out pretty quickly when you find out who he supports. A big week for the club that he supports. You might have guessed already. Yeah. Uh, he is a, also a member of a band by the name of Nine Hostages, so definitely go and check them out. But for now, this is Nostalgia FC, and this is Liam Anderson. All right, Liam, welcome to the podcast. Oh, cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. So a uh, big week for the team that you support. So... <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably the biggest we've ever had, shy of 2012. Um, yeah, I mean... If there's one team you definitely want to beat to get into your first ever final, it's PSG, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was fantastic, yeah. It was very much the semi-final of villains, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was the uh, the uh, the oil derby. I've heard some people derby. say. I've heard some people <laughs> refer to it as Shell versus BP, uh, which again was brilliant. Um, but, you know, I mean, look, you know, when I, when I first started supporting City, we were in charge. Oh, Kevin Keegan was in charge and then Stuart Pearce and we were dire. So, you know, I'm yeah. going to love every minute of this. So yeah. I'm not hey. sorry for myself, City so. fans have been through the ringer. I don't know. Like you, you're <laughs> finally at the top. All it took was seven billion on right backs. And there well, you there you go. I'm in an awkward position because I'm like of the age where I'm not old enough to be part of the, oh, we were at Main Road in the good old days. Yeah, we were the championship. Not, yeah, I'm also not young enough to be like, we've only ever known Sergio Aguero. So it's an awkward middle ground that you've got to try and justify yourself at all moments. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let's get straight in. Formation, what are we saying? What is your formation? Right, so I've gone, so I've gone big on the football manager. Let's go fucking rogue Hasselhutl style. So I've gone for a 4-2-2-2 in a very sort of narrow margin because there was a couple of wingers I could have picked, but there was a couple of midfielders I just could not include. So uh, as a slight caveat as well, so I'm am, I am a big City fan uh, for various reasons, but I did actually, I was born in Portsmouth. So I've got a slight sort of allegiance to Portsmouth as a team, sort of follow nice. them. So there is a bit of a Portsmouth influence into a couple of these players, but what I've tried to do again is is also not include some of the obvious names like, oh, let's throw Sergio Aguero and Kevin De Bruyne in there, mainly because they've already been mentioned, so I tried to get <laughs> yeah. a bit more niche. Nice, nice, um, like it. Yeah, so I've gone for a 4-2-2-2. Nice, that's the um, first. We've never had a 4 2 There you go, eh? Yeah. So and I can I'm understand big... that. Yeah. <laughs> that's no width. Yeah. <laughs> right uh, goalkeeper. Yes, so in goal, I've gone for... Someone who, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he was an absolute hero back in the early 2000s. And I've gone for Nicky Weaver, who oh. I know has got a couple of mentions in the time, but I don't think he's ever been included. So no, he's not. Put a little tick in the box there for first ever. <laughs> um, but it was just, he was one of those people that he wasn't always, especially when we're in the sort of League One and Championship eras, he wasn't always called upon. But 
you know, there was there was key moments. Uh, you know, we had the Gillingham playoff final. Uh, you know, in I think it was in '99 or something like that. So I was a bit too young before then. Um, but he was just someone who was included in that team of like Paul Dickov and Richard Dunn and Sean Goat and all those the legends that always get mentioned. I think he yeah. does get a little bit underlooked or overlooked, yeah. I should say. Um, but you hear him in like interviews and and various other podcasts that are out there, uh, where where he's obviously talks about his time at City. And he's just a brilliant guy. You just can tell he's just an excellent person to have in the yeah. dressing room. Incredibly funny. City um, just seems to have some sort of like long track record of having cool backup keepers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like Scott Carson now. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm obviously, I, I'm currently in Derby. Um, you know, I've got a load of mates who are massive Derby fans and, you know, they love Scott Carson. You know, he, he did bits for them. You know, unfortunately, they didn't, after spending a lot of money and now they're in a bit of a financial predicament. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he was a brilliant keeper for them. And, Mad uh, fact on Scott Carson. You'll enjoy well, this. This is very topical. So, if City are to win Champions League, Scott Carson will become only the 18th player to win the Champions League with two different clubs. I mean, there you go. There you go. Speaks volumes, doesn't what? it? What? Will, will, he, will he get a medal, though? Cause... I don't know how it works, but he, he'll be in the squad, obviously. So he obviously won it with Liverpool back in 2005. Yeah. And he could now win it 16 years later with Man City. Fingers crossed. Fingers the crossed. ultimate understudy. What we're looking for now is, is Edison to go down in the first minute in the final. Oh, and then be... Scott Carson. Scotty the Carson Here we go. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. He was definitely bought for the fact that he was English. But, you know. I also, even though that might sound like a scary thing, like Edison getting injured and then Scott Carson, uh, Nicky Weaver having to come on. Not uh, Scott Carson having to come on, sorry. Werner's uh, Chelsea striker, so it's not going to matter anyway. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> uh, hey, score headers from one yard. Come on. <laughs> hey, look. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was. To be fair, what I thought was quite funny about that game is I've got a couple of mates who are like massive Chelsea fans, like proper Cockney types. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we're watching that game, and they should have scored about four or five, but oh, God, whenever yeah. anyone was through on goal. Werner was there going, pass me the ball, pass me the ball. And no one wanted to pass to Werner. <laughs> so, you know, I, if that carries on, fair play. But, but Havertz did look quite deadly, which is quite a shame. But yeah, I mean, just going on injuries, I think jumping back to Nicky Weaver, I think he was, if it wasn't for the fact that he did have so many injuries in the later part of his career, he probably would have been the keeper that would have taken us up to Joe Hart, you know, instead of obviously having that intersection with people like Casper Schmeichel coming through and Shea Given. I thought well, Nicky Weaver was actually that good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. was, you know, a sort of lower mid-table Premier League keeper. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, he, longevity of the career he had at City, obviously, was being there from like 97 to 2007. It's a long time Absolutely. to be at a club. So any player that comes up through the leagues with you, I think instantly gains like sort of like cult hero status, even if they weren't particularly good. Yeah. Like just to be there for that journey, I think being part of that, like just hits a note with the fans. I think it's really cool. Yeah. 100%. And I think if it wasn't for the facts, you know, those, those sort of generation, that crop of players, you know, the Nicky Weavers, the Paul Dickovs, you know, Richard Dunn to an extent, although he went on to be a, you know, a, a more important player later on as well, we probably wouldn't have even been taken over in, in 07, 08. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's quite. That team obviously was a bit of a yo-yo club, but then established themselves. And then we did get the, you know, the Kevin Keegan's and stuff like that. You know, if it wasn't for them, we probably wouldn't be where we are now. So, you know. Got yeah, so nice one, Nicky Weaver. You're about to win the Champions League for Man City. Those those players that used to play for City when City were, you know, like you say, a yo-yo club. Mm. 
they're looking at they're looking at the side now, going like, how the fuck is that team I used to play for? Like playing in the Champions League final, winning Absolutely. the Premier League, yeah. going yeah, for the quadruple. You can easily year. sub out Sergio Aguero for John Macken, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, but put some respect on Sean Goat's name. Feed the goat, and he will score. He will score with any part of his body but his feet. Yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah, I know. He's uh, what. What I love as well. I think it's. Uh, I think it was. You know now where uh, Amazon have started doing obviously the football and stuff. They, they do wheel out a couple of obscure legends, and Sean Gota does usually get the nod a couple of times, and it's good God, to see Sean. him. Always got a smile on his face. Absolute legend. <laughs> right, let's move away from your goalkeeper. So you've <laughs> yeah. got you you're four at the back. So yes, the classic back four. Absolutely, yeah. So, so you uh, pick your starting destination, and we'll go. I go there. right back. We'll go. We'll go traditional. Correct. Um, let's do it. Well done. Respect <laughs> <laughs> that. And. Again, I think a bit a big part of my team. I've noticed as I was creating the team, and I was looking through, you know, why I've picked these players. Sort of, you know, going back through it, I think playing FIFA and Football Manager for a large part of my life has a huge influence on it. And, and my right back, and he's someone to this day I still love, and he's now doing commentary. Is Micah Richards? Nice. He was absolutely phenomenal. Um, obviously, came through the academy. Uh, you know, he's got that classic clip where, you know, he, he sort of has a bit burst of... through. Yeah, burst through 18, uh-huh. yeah, flavouring. And to be fair to him, to be fair to him, he has got a point because obviously he's got a couple of goals for England. I remember he will always have a place in my heart for the equaliser he got. I think it was against, I think it was against Villa in the FA Cup. And we're, we're talking like mid-2000s here. And it was, it was like 92nd, 93rd minute. And it just, corner comes in. Absolute bullet header takes it to extra time. I can't even remember how that game finished, to be honest with you. But I always remember that moment <laughs> where where Mike Richards just come out and it was a brilliant header. Um, and then obviously it was a huge part of us, you know, in the FA Cup winning season under Mancini. Then the Premier League, the first ever Premier League. Uh, he was obviously on rotation because of injuries and stuff like that with Zavaleta. But you know. I've not met a City fan yet who has anything bad to say against Micah Richards. No. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we sold him at probably the right time before yeah. his, his yeah. reputation got hindered. And he went to Villa and didn't play at all for three years, but took a 50 grand a week paycheck. So, you know, <laughs> play Micah. on you, Micah. Yeah. on the way to the bank. <laughs> yeah. Good business. He, um, he is Maurice's best friend, isn't he? <laughs> uh, Roy Keane's best friend. But, like, what a dynamic they've got. Yeah. It's I think I think Michael Richards. Whenever you see him, it's just like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah. Like I think a lot of punditry now has gone quite stale. Like I've had enough of watching great. I'm not obviously a Liverpool fan, but I've had enough yeah. of watching Graham Sunes just shout out at young people. Like, <laughs> let the young blood come through. Exactly. Yeah, just leave him alone. <laughs> apparently, you get it, Graham. Yeah. You don't like him. Apparently, according to Sunes, United fans only stormed the pitch uh, last week because they weren't winning the league. Yeah, so it's I mean, like you are so far it's, lazy. Out. it's like Mark Lawrence knew and Alan Hansen knew that the time was up. They were like, right, cool, we're, we're going to bow out gracefully. And yeah. Graham Sunes is still clinging on like, no, I need to <laughs> shout at young players. They need to know that it used to be different. I always, I always laugh that Mika Richards, I, I think he's a brilliant punter. Yeah, like, I really think he's good and he's found, he's found his niche here. Um, he always, you know, because they've got to do a lot of it outside at the moment because of COVID and like cool. distance. He always looks like a Peaky Blinder. Yeah, he's got a flat cap. He's got a yeah. massive coat on. Massive yeah, coat, he's... flat cap, and he looks important. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Absolutely. I think <laughs> he's, what I love about, uh, you know, obviously as a player, he's fantastic. But as a pundit, he's just always, he's just happy to be there, isn't he? Yeah. He's having a great time. He's got a smile yeah. on his face. He, like, 
there's not many people that will have a verbal spa with Roy Keane, but Micah doesn't care. Yeah, he's like, a background, yeah. Is he? yeah, absolutely. I burst onto the scene. Remember that. Yeah. Bro. What was his what was his program? Uh, didn't do a program on I think it was on BBC that was combating or was it on Sky Sports? It's on Sky, yeah. yeah the, racism. the racism one. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. It was to be fair to him. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah, you, you have to appreciate that. Yeah, his, his career did tail off towards the end and he probably didn't have the career he probably should have done and the recognition he probably should have done. But as a player coming through at that time, he was like, he, he yeah. did play for England at 18. You know, he was he was starting at City for 17. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. and I know obviously City weren't great at that time, but he was a massive player and, and he, he's loved throughout the city. So fair play to him for, for using that platform he has to yeah. you know, try and make the world a better Amazing. place. It's mad to think that he's only 32 years old now. Mm. That's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he doesn't I mean, look I... older than that, but you just don't think like he's <laughs> yeah. younger than Julian Nagelsmann. He's going to be the manager of Bayern. Yeah. He's, he's younger than that. Crazy. Crazy world we live in. Crazy world. Mad. Mad thing. I think um, the thing that I never knew about Michael Richards, and I think this is incredible, he came through, well, he started off at Leeds Youth Academy as a striker. Did he? Oh, I didn't know that. I could believe it, though. Big, big target that. man. Yeah. I never, th- I never thought he looked like a right back. No, he, he was, he was genuinely, he was a centre back. He was too athletic for that position. That was yeah. the problem. He was too quick. Massively. He was too strong. He was too agile. So we're like, you can, you can go up the wing, mate. Yeah, Just go somewhere. Well, a great pick. Very good pick. Yeah, Rich is a great player. Right then, you go across the back. Or you go straight to the left. Where you go? No, we'll go across the back. Yeah, we'll, yes. we'll do this properly. Yeah. So uh, this is my first Portsmouth player, um, and my first, so my first ever game. Uh, to watch football in general. I must have been about seven or eight. It was to watch Portsmouth play Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough. Um, I don't remember much about the game because I was a dead little, but I do remember a couple of span- standout players. There was two. One of them I'm going to go through now, and one of them I'll mention a bit later, but the first centre-back was Linvoy Primus. Do you remember yes. Linvoy Primus? <laughs> the dreads. Go on, Linvoy. Genuinely, from, and obviously I, I sort of tried to refresh myself in a bit of research, but no one has anything bad to say about this guy. And he's genuinely one of the nicest people in football. He's got an MBE for his charity work. He set up um, a, a charity himself with something about football, faith and football or something like that, where he's got like massive players involved, like Darren Moore and a couple of other players like that. And, and, and when Tony Adams has even included you as the greatest player during this Portsmouth area that obviously went on to do some incredible things, win the FA Cup, get promoted, all that sort of stuff. You've got to be pretty half decent, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think definitely. He was, he was in. I think he was part. He must have been at Portsmouth for eight, nine, ten years, something like that. He was there for a long time. But again, you know, I've got a couple of mates now, mad Pompey fans, you know, season ticket holders, all that sort of stuff. And he is always the player that everyone talks about. Going fantastic, gave one hundred and ten percent every week. You know, seven out of ten kind of player, the one that you always need those kind of players around your squad. And he was just an excellent player. Excellent. Yeah. Not, not technically the best by any means, but he always gave 110%. Yeah, he's got absolutely. a stand named after him, hasn't he? Mm. Exactly that, yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. Well, he uh, he won... Did he win it? <laughs> he, may, he may have been there when they won the uh, FA Cup, Portsmouth. He, he I think he was... At the time. Yeah, he was... He might, I, don't think, I don't remember him being in the starting eleven. So he might have been in the squad, but yeah, yeah. possibly. But he was he definitely part. Of the time. He was definitely part of the squad that got promoted into the Premier League yeah. and sort of made those waves there. But that yeah. classic Pompey kit with the T Y on the front. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, yeah. when you get to my favourite kit, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I used to love Portsmouth, you know, when they signed all those like decent players in like the yeah. late 2000s, like yeah. Prince Boateng, Kanu, yeah. Kanu Taka. Aruna Dindane, they had some great players. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the less said about John Utaka, the better, because <laughs> you know, he did charge him 80, 90 grand a week and probably <laughs> was a big fix, uh, factor of them going bust. So there you go. Yeah. But either way, they did have players like, uh, obviously, Lasana Diara and, and yes. Suleiman Tari who got sold on for big money. But God, yeah, that feels that like was... so long ago that Portsmouth are in the Premier League. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. League yeah. one now, isn't it? Yeah. League one. They're in the playoffs just. You know, we've got one game week left, I think, and they've just scraped into uh, the, the last playoff spot. So if they win, they're. Oh, they got Pompey. Fair play, it'd be interesting. So, I remember going to see uh, Liverpool play Portsmouth just after Peter Crouch had joined Portsmouth. Oh, and uh, we made Peter Crouch cry, not in a mean way, <laughs> in like a we sang his song, yeah, and he was applauding the cough and he was crying. It was nice. It was like, Hi, Peter. Have you ever been down to Fratton Park? <laughs> shouting abuse no. at Peter Crouch. But I saw, I'll tell you what, I did see. I saw the legendary Portsmouth fan with the top hat and the blue hair. John Portsmouth um, FC yeah, Westwood. He's actually legally changed his middle name to Portsmouth <laughs> FC. He's no, an he absolute. Has, he genuinely has, genuinely has. And and fun fact for you, he actually owns a bookshop. So there you there go. You go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I did that my. Is uh, last, that is the last I job know. I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> imagine going, yeah. but imagine you go in and like you can't see him and he's like a perfectly normal bloke like he's not got his top hat on he's wearing like a no suit wig. looking really nice tattoos covered yeah walks out yeah. the door just like rip him off right come Glasses. on lads come on the pump <laughs> <laughs> I did um, another sort of side note I went down I went back down to Portsmouth uh, for uni and my dissertation was was around sort of football and, and, and whether it's still a working class game <laughs> fun fact it's definitely not but yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, when I went to the, they've got a museum there specifically around Portsmouth itself. And obviously a big part of it is, is, is Pompey Football Club. And uh, he was one of the main contributors towards the actual memorabilia there and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. He's such a cult figure around the country. It's, uh, it really is incredible. And I have met him and he, he's always drunk. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, funny enough, I saw him outside a pub. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, fantastic, fantastic player, Limboy Primus. Um, yeah, you know, definitely. And he's just a brilliant, brilliant guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's any football baller that uses their position to do good. So, like Michael Richards, like Limbo Primus, like yep. they're, they're great in my book. Throw back to last week's episode, heroes. Yeah, well, I, I can honestly say it doesn't continue in that trend as, as we go on. <laughs> oh, is that, is that good? Let's move on to your next centre back then. Well, the centre, thankfully, the defence are pretty, pretty honorary you know heroes they're, they're all okay, right they're pretty okay. good the next center back is an absolute city legend fan favorite he has got a couple of mentions but again i don't think he's been included but it is it is richard dunn um again you know he was fantastic he was very much the leader before obviously company came into the side and obviously he developed himself to be you know the, the hero that he actually was for the club but yeah. you know people forget that Obviously, you get the jokes about, you know, I think he's got the most own goals in Premier League. Yeah, that was, that was my next yeah. fight about Richard <laughs> Dunn. Yeah, he's the most <laughs> Premier League own goals. Most own goals. I think he's he's up there in the top five for most red cards in Premier League history, which fair play to him. But he, he was City's player of the year for about two or three seasons in a row. Um, and it was at a time when we were, you know, still pretty much trying to find our way into the Premier League and, and cement ourselves there. But, you know, he was a brilliant player. Uh, you know, he was a uh, someone who very much capitalized what city was about you know he's a working class guy he sort of uh, cemented ourselves uh, you know, cemented cemented the team 
as someone who, who would work hard 110%. And I think that was something that was really important before we obviously got the glamour of getting taken over and, and you know, obviously getting the superstar players in. You know, he was the kind of guy that, you know, every club is jealous of in a way. You know, yeah. he, he was with us for, he probably was with us for about eight years at least. I know we bought him off Everton early doors. Uh, nine, I think. Yeah, nine years. Yeah, nine years. So, yeah, fantastic. I mean, and again, don't, uh, I might be slightly off with this, but I'm pretty sure he was at least part of the QPR squad when we won our first league title. Yeah, I don't know if he played, but I think he was part the squad, of the squad. Wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because Secret you know, agent Richard. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of secret agents after our journey. <laughs> yeah, like, well, well, we sent a couple of players to QPR, to be fair. <laughs> Got off the wage bill, so fair play. <laughs> as, well as, yeah. as well as holding the record for most Premier League own goals, he also holds the joint Premier League record of being sent off. There you um, go. So there you go. if you if you were to think, right, what do we want from a centre-back? We want them to not score our own goals. <laughs> we want them to stay on the pitch. Um, he's not looking so good at the moment. Maybe at a certain oh. point, he's just like, right, I keep scoring our own goals. There's only one thing for it. If I'm not on the pitch, I can't score our own goals. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he realised. Well, it's not going well in that aspect, so I might as well just not be here. So there you go. Well, his, nice. his, uh, his goal scoring. So in the Premier League... He scored 12 goals for City, Villa and QPR. And he scored 10 own goals. So a net a net profit of two goals. There you go. He's Come up really. to. He's up as to. long as it's positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, and again, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Titus Bramble has a negative goal return. I'm pretty sure he scored more own goals than he did score. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. He is absolutely yeah. shocking. He was I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that just meant he had one own goal as well. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah he was uh he was up there i remember one time this must have been probably about 2007 2008 around then but richard dunn and titus bramble were pretty much tied for most own goals in the league and it was like hey which way is this gonna go so <laughs> thankfully uh, yeah obviously richard uh kept his title uh and there you go <laughs> Good on you, Rich. yeah maybe they're playing somewhere he's... teetering on nine going oh should i go for it, should I go for it? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and now he's a pundit again whenever city get uh you know a, Port out on BT or anything like that. Yeah, so yeah. again, he's brilliant. Yeah, great Thanks, guy. Steph. All right, let's go on to your left back. Left back is an absolute diamond of a player. You know, he's again, he's the kind of player that every club needs because he will just play any position you want him to. And coupled with that, he also used to score and a tremendous amount of screamers. He's a Portsmouth legend. It's Matty Taylor. Yeah, Do you remember Matty mm. Taylor. <laughs> he scored. Obviously, the famous one I think is is against Everton. Well, I think it's so stupid. Like, he's about 42 yards out, just on the volley, bang, straight in. Excellent. Yeah. And then he did it, I think, the week before on the half volley against Sunderland. And he was, he, was a, he was a hero. I think he was part of that Burnley squad as well that got promoted into the Premier League. You know, he played for some big clubs like Bolton. Yeah, Bolton and is one I always remember him at. Yeah. In yeah, goal for Bolton. yeah he, was, he was a brilliant player. I don't even think he was a proper left-back, but I only remember no. him playing left-back for Portsmouth. So. Yeah. That's why I was like, right, there you go. He's appeared in an episode before. Him. I think he's in Jared's, isn't it? Jared's episode, yeah. And he uh, he put him left back. There you go. There you yeah. go. I think, I think he's a left back. He's like a left wing centre back thing. I'm wondering if it was he's one of them player. that he was, he, was, he, was a, he was supposed to be a left back, but then when his legs started going, they were like, right, well, you, you can hit a screen, but we'll just put yeah, you in the because you can tackle as well. So that'll <laughs> do. Yeah, you can just go there. You'll be absolutely fine. But yeah, he was, I'm pretty sure, and again, I'd have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure in 
match of the day's goal of the month competition, he was included at least two or three times in one month. He, yeah. was, he was on an absolute roll of scoring screaming. Yeah. He's like the left back version of Matt Letizia, like mm. where he only scores screamers. You never yeah. see him score a tap in. It's only ever yeah. like 40 year old Wildies, like banging free kicks, half volleys, volleys, never like a header at the back post. Yeah, absolutely. He gets a nosebleed as soon as he's anywhere near the 18 yards. Yeah. Else. That's the kind of play. Yeah, absolutely. He'd get, the, he'd get the ball in the box, turn, run back 30 yards, turn around and smash it off the screen. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. There's that famous quote by Graham Lasseau, isn't there, when he's talking about his time with Alan Shearer at Blackburn, where he says, as soon as Alan Shearer was anywhere in the 30-yard range and he was anywhere near the ball, he just used to turn back the other way because he knew it was going <laughs> yeah, in. So there right. you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> How's that walking, mate? Don't you worry about it. You've got this. It's the same, uh, essentially the same with Matty Taylor, isn't it? Like, as soon as yeah. you hit it, you're like, well, let's go in somewhere near the goal. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's either a goal kick or it's going in. Do you know what I mean? So we're, <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Great choice. All right. So the first set of two. Yes. Yeah. What we this say is, is that? Are they CDMs, just CMs? So what I've gone for is uh, a set of two more traditional centre mids, if you will. Then two attacking mids and two strikers. So the starting with the two centre mids, again, I think he is someone that included in in George. You did the villains, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, right. So this is this is someone that very much is a mom hype player. I will swear to anyone that I absolutely love this guy and and will contest anyone that he wasn't a brilliant player. But it is Joey Barton. Aha, I absolutely right. loved Joey Barton. So- I so you're well, saying he was a brilliant player? I've, for City at that time, <laughs> what you have to caveat this with <laughs> is that Stuart Pearce was in charge. We were awful. And he genuinely scored. I think he was our top goal scorer that season. The season we finished, I think we finished about 17, 16. Something That's around. a sad season. <laughs> I, well, yeah, it was. But we stayed in the Premier League and Joey Barton was a huge part of staying in that league. So, so basically, between Nicky Weaver and Joey Barton... <laughs> They want you to jump his league. Yeah. yeah, well, hey, look, they, they created the foundation that we built upon. That's what we've got to say. There's plenty of cracks in your foundation of Joey Barton. Well, there you go. And, and to be fair to him, I complete, I don't know if you've read his book, actually. It's a brilliant read, even if you don't care about football. Wait, he can write. Not, ah, <laughs> well, hey, I will stand up for Joey here because actually he's quite an intelligent guy. He was on Question Time, people forget. He was yeah. on Question Time once. Um, and if you read his book... He also so, knocked out a teenager's teeth, didn't he? Well, yeah, I was going to come on to that. Yeah, so conflicted he, uh, genius, conflicted genius. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, to be fair, what I've said doesn't mean he's not smart. Yeah, that's true. To be fair, yeah, yeah he, he knew exactly how to punch him to knock person. his teeth out. He knew exactly yeah. what part of the face. It's like that bit in Sherlock, the Robert Downey Jr. version, where he's calculating where to punch him. That's Joe Barton. <laughs> But genuinely, though, the, the you read his book and you you do have a little bit of sympathy for him because he's obviously grown up in quite a horrible area and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And I think his cousin got sent down for doing someone in with an ice pick or something Jeez. like that. I don't know. Why, why you've got an ice pick in Liverpool, I don't know, but there you go. <laughs> um, but obviously, he famously stubbed out his cigar on a youth player's face and nearly killed, you know, Darbo and all that sort of stuff. But so pull that aside one second. He was someone who obviously came through our academy, again, was a player that gave 110%. And I have one Burnley fan friend, basically, who, again, swears by Joey Barton and says he was an excellent player, always put a, always put a shift in, was someone that, you know, he, he, Joey's problem, from what I understand, as someone who's never met him and, and probably never will met him, 
uh, me him, uh, is someone that he gives 110% and he expects a certain level of quality coming through from his teammates around him. And if that's not there, then he, he will chin you. So there you go. <laughs> and, and that's, that's <laughs> you know what you're getting. <laughs> there you go. As that's long as you're up to Joey's though. standards, you're fine. You're clear. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he was a walking red card, but he also scored a lot of very important goals for City. Uh, I think I vaguely remember him scoring a goal against Charlton, I think it was, back when they were a thing um, in, the, in the Premier League. And, and like I say, he was he was our top goal scorer one season. Or if he wasn't top, he definitely was at one point. And, you know, he was there. I am... I'm going to put my hands up and say I absolutely don't remember what kind of player he was because <laughs> honestly, honestly, his whole career and everything you talk about him and everything you know about him is just revolves around his fights on the pitch, yeah. his yeah. fights off the pitch, all the antics he did, uh, talking as, in a French accent at Marseille, like, um, <laughs> that, like things like that, putting putting stowing a cigar out on a on a UK's yeah. face, like you said earlier. So I literally can't remember what kind of player he was, whether he, he was actually good or not. Well, he was, he was good the, enough to be in the Premier League. He was a but... very poor man, Stephen Gerrard, and I think that's what he always wanted to very, be. Very, very, <laughs> very, very poor. Very poor although, yeah. although Stephen Gerrard punches punches guys on nights out, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah but they're well... coming, don't they? It's different. <laughs> they're just scouts. Just scouts. <laughs> the, uh, so the thing I think about Joey Barton, one of my favourite stories or things I've ever seen him do, was when he was playing for Marseille, and it wasn't the, the French accent, obviously that was funny. Uh, but it's him versus Zlatan. Have you seen this? I don't think I've seen that, no. So Zlatan's no. at PSG. I think it's Zlatan's first season at PSG, actually. Yeah. And, and they get him and Joey Barton get into it, obviously. Two, like, alpha dog characters trying to go at it. And Joey Barton just turns to him and starts, like, elongating his nose. Suggesting <laughs> that Zlatan's got a massive nose. He even says, doesn't he? He's like, big yeah. nose, big nose. <laughs> like, one of, the, one of the most celebrated strikers of all time is in front of you. Your Joey Barton on loan at Marseille. I think he was on loan from what Newcastle, was, maybe or wherever. No, he was I think it was a bit later on that. So I think it might have been QPR. It might have been QPR. when QPR had a couple of issues. Yeah, so he's so, on loan yeah. from there. So then he's like, "Yeah, I'm Joey Barton. Watch this. Hey, big name <laughs> over here." I do think Zlatan then went into bang an absolute worldie and then celebrate yeah. his face, but yeah. Cle- clearly Zlatan did not know who Joey Barton's cousin was. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what he was saying. Ice pick, ice pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. I, I, I love Joey Barton, and I've had a couple of mates who are. Who I, in fact, I've got one good mate who's a Sunderland fan, and who, if you mention the name Joey Barton, will just spit in your face, pretty much. <laughs> um, but I, I, I will very much stand by Joey Barton, and I think he was a. a, a, a I don't know the phrase you used earlier, but it was, a, you know, a misunderstood genius. Basically, he, yeah. he was a brilliant player for that time at City. I think he just needed someone who was just going to put a shift in. He was brilliant. Something he did, well, not all the time, but he played for a lot of clubs that have like very heated rivalries. So he definitely yes. saw that out. So like City, United, hate each yeah. other. He was always there. Newcastle, Sunderland, always going to scrap. Then he goes to Marseille. They have rivals that hate them. Yeah. <laughs> well, PSG, they're not close, but they hate each other. Yeah. And then, and then goes to Burnley. No one cares about Burnley. But then he goes to Rangers. For five games, just just go to Rangers to play an old firm. And got sacked, didn't he? Didn't yeah. he get sacked from Rangers? He got, yeah. yeah, he got released from Rangers for being Joey Barton. Pretty much, yeah. And I, then goes I, back to Burnley. I was just thinking about that. I mean, I completely agree. I think knowing from what I can see from Joey Barton and even from his uh, managerial career, if you can call it a managerial career, because I think he's got one, he's got sacked from one club and got another club relegated. Yeah, he's just, so he's just relegated. He's Bristol. Bristol. Yeah, he's just, yeah. Re- yeah, Bristol Rovers. But I mean, Fleetwood, obviously, 
my geography might need testing here, but I'm pretty sure they're close to Blackpool. So I'm sure there's something going on from a rivalry yeah. point of view there. And then a obviously Bristols. Bristol, the two Bristols. The one club that sticks out there is QPR. I mean, he's obviously gone for the money and I'm not disputing that at all. Yeah. Fair play to him. But who hates QPR? Have they got a rival? QPR fans? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, Pete Doherty's a QPR fan. I'd probably hate myself. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right then, let's move off Joey. Yes. Centre mid. Who's his partner in centre midfield? <sighs> Who is going to be absolutely cowering? <laughs> this, uh, and to be fair, this probably explains, and, and to be honest, I won't be surprised if these two played together and it probably explains a lot, but this was the guy, going back to my love of football manager and, and the love of a wonder kid, shall we say, this was the guy that w- was supposed to be the Phil Foden of his time and it was a lovely guy called Michael Johnson. Oh, yeah. Oh, you remember Michael him? Johnson. This is uh, this is going pretty Michael niche. Michael Johnson a eating a burger and a takeaway. <sighs> I remember. That he was the broke guy. My heart. Yeah, I know. I mean, he... Come, especially being a City fan in the era that obviously Man United were incredibly as dominant as they were under Fergie and you had teams like Chelsea under Mourinho and all this sort of stuff and City were just trying to be relevant at any point. We finally got a play, other than Michael Richards and Sean Wright Phillips, of course, who came through and they were brilliant. But Michael Johnson was the player that everyone got excited about, you know, similar in, in, in a way that Phil Foden is, is obviously getting the hype and, and very much deserves because he is genuinely, I think, Probably the most exciting, exciting young talent England's had since Rooney. Uh, but, yeah. you know, so that's a, that's another different aspect. But no, Michael you. Johnson was supposed to be that player. Uh, you know, he broke through at the team. Uh, he broke through into the team at sort of 17, 18. I mean, we were starting playing regularly. I think he scored a goal against Derby County that season. They got about three points, whatever it was in the league. I'm pretty sure, and I'd have to double check this, but Didi Haman, who obviously was a very experienced player and obviously Liverpool I don't think you'd call him a legend, but very well respected. Ah, he won the Champions player. League. Anyone's yeah, Champions League is a legend. Yeah. yeah, legend. That'll do. Yeah, legend. He genuinely described him as an incredible player, an incredible yeah. talent. And to see him get hyped up that much and genuinely have so much of a crumble. And to be fair to him, I think he did have a couple of, you know, issues. And I think he was in rehab at one point. And obviously yeah. then had, you know, the point where he was, you know, caught in a takeaway and pizza or whatever it was um, and I think we even tried to give him a chance I think he got sent on loan to Leicester for sort yeah of he did he played seven games that was it yeah I thought it was about five games but there you go yeah not much and and yeah it's just after that it was like right he to be fair to him he held his hands up and he went I, I just can't handle this and now I think he owns an estate agency in, in Manchester somewhere yes, <laughs> in if we continue is to be believed yeah. in Ermston there you go oh Ermston right I've got a mate who lives there yeah apparently there nice is it Michael Johnson so, <laughs> so <laughs> if anyone's Michael looking for a house in Ermston, you know where to go. That's Absolutely. a cheeky way to go meet your favourite player. Just like, hey, yeah. I need to buy a house. There you go. Yeah, there you go. No, just want to meet Michael Johnson. <laughs> I bet genuinely that I've I, there, there are a couple of pretty fanatics Man City fans these days. I bet Definitely he's got a couple of weird walkage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. sad thing is, he's only thirty-three now. Yeah, I know. Sad, he... Well, he. Didn't he stop playing football when he was like 20, 25 or something? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, he retired when he was like 25, 26, I think. He was, to say he broke in to the City team at 18, you know, started playing in the Premier League regularly. Uh, you know, he was part of that sort of crop. I'd have to double check the dates and stuff, but I'm pretty sure he was there or thereabouts when we got took over as well. So he could have been a player that you genuinely build like an exciting team around. And, Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him, and and it's always yeah. stuck with me the kind of you know uh, player that 
I feel like didn't have the career he probably deserved and for various reasons, you know, I just wanted to give him the recognition that he probably did deserve yeah, nice. in this, in this league. So he's always so, something that I, I think with him, there was a, a sign that things weren't going to always work out for him. If you look at his youth career. Mm. So I don't know many players that have played for one, two, three, <laughs> six different youth teams. He clearly had some issues in the blessing. One, one of them was Feyenoord. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did he got Le- abroad. Leeds, Feyenoord, Crew, Liverpool, Everton, and then City, and then broke through at City. I can so, understand a lot of them, like a lot of like, other than Leeds. The rest of them are northwest based, pretty much. But Feyenoord, yeah. how's he ended up there? Also, also, <laughs> he took a wrong turn at Leeds. He was in Feyenoord in 2000. He was born in 1988. So he was 12 years old, and just thought, you know what? Let's just go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, fair, know, I, I know how yeah, good I am. I can't imagine <laughs> him as a 12 year old was like, right, I'm going to well, <laughs> see you mum. I'm going this, to this is what I mean. Do you, reckon, do you reckon his parents were like, ah, we're yeah, sick yeah. at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be it. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's seen Robin Van Persie come through the academy. He goes, I want a bit of that. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I've about Dirk Cow. I want to come play with him. Yeah, he's still that's they, just, yeah. they just used their son as like, a th- they were just like, right, where do we want to go and live for a year? Yeah. Netherlands, cool. Do you yeah, like I mean, windmills? Yeah, that's, that's, that'll do. <laughs> right, lovely, lovely little centre, mid, centre midfield pairing pair there. So let's go to your central attacking mids. Is that what right, we're, so we're calling my, them? Yeah, yeah, we'll go to attacking, attacking mids because these guys definitely weren't known for pace. Um, <laughs> the first one is, is someone that I know, Drew, you've got a bit of personal hatred towards, but he was a player that... In my first ever game, he was playing for Portsmouth versus Chef Wednesday, uh, and it was Paul Merson. Who oh, was... <laughs> God, he was, and I, for several reasons, have a, have a bit of a love for Paul Merson. You know, he was. I think people forget because he's a bit of a. He lets himself down a little bit in commentary these days, shall we say? You know, and he's not the brightest spark however <laughs> people do forget that he was a fantastic player yeah, you know he won a no, lot with arsenal and and genuinely when he went to portsmouth it was a bit of a weird one because you know when uh, and, and george this might be a bit more appropriate for you i don't know if wrexham have ever had you know a player who was quite clearly too good for your club oh yeah 100%. Uh, yeah, there you go and, and paul merson was very much that for portsmouth you know harry redknapp had clearly had a word with him Knowing Harry Redknapp probably played him a cheeky backhander or two, uh, but <laughs> he'd obviously come into the squad. And at that time, Portsmouth were very much filled of, you know, people like Limboy Primus, who weren't technically the best players at all, but, you know, they, oh, they were there. 10%. Yeah, they were there. They, 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 they tried hard. And you bring in a player like Paul Merson, make him the centre point of your team. And, you know, he didn't even need to run, but he just sprayed the ball about and score a few penalties. And he literally drags Portsmouth into the Premier League. So for that... Okay. He will always have a special part and, you know, a space in my heart almost. And I vaguely remember at the tender age of, I probably was about eight or nine at the time, the guy didn't have a left foot at all. So he only ever used his right foot. And I vaguely remember him getting the ball from deep in midfield, holding onto it because he created space because he was one of those fantastic players who just didn't need to do anything and just somehow got a yard of space of everything. Pinged the ball with outside of his foot and then scored a goal. So it was brilliant, you know. <laughs> And, and that always stuck with me, um, you know, and he was, again, for anyone who's into football manager and, and sees these people who, you know, these, these messy types who get a bit older in age and still have that technical ability, but don't want to run. He, he was very much that sort of enganch en, en role, shall yeah. we say. So there you go. A bit like uh, someone who I think got a mention recently, actually, it was Raquel May. You yeah. Know, that sort Georgia's of role. Team. 
There you go. There you go. George's George's favourite team. You know, didn't need to run. Didn't need to do anything. It was just that technically brilliant that, that they just sort of. That is the, uh, the tactic that I've adopted at 27. Although I'm not technically <laughs> brilliant, I just don't run. <laughs> There you go. I mean, I've been doing that all my life. So there you go. I was a very, very lazy target man back in the day. Fair play, fair play, Paul right? So yeah, okay. You're you're right. I don't like him that much in terms of uh, just again. I think he's a bit of a lazy pundit. I think he doesn't really do research, or whoever does the research for him doesn't really yeah. do it. Where he'll make comments on transfers, but you clearly never even heard the player, and he's like, "You're yeah, going to mention the Kevin De Bruyne one, aren't you?" Yeah, and he's like, "No, yeah, I don't think we need yeah. him." Like, what should it Paul? What are you about? But to be fair, have you, have you ever watched him, mate? Oh no, yeah, exactly. Have you ever seen him play? He's like a better version of you. Then, yeah. Uh, but with Paul Merson, fair play. Like he was, and I'm sure you you like this, and I'll mention it for you. He was the commentator yeah. on the uh, Soccer Saturday when City scored that last minute goal in Aguero and he went mad in the stick. The- They've got love bites and everything. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he will, all, again, you know, if I couldn't like Paul Merson enough, there you go. Well, he's, he's got a good personality. Yeah. yeah, and to be fair to him, like that, um, I think it was called Harry's Heroes, I think it was called. Yes. Oh, yeah. He, he opened yeah, up about yeah, his, yeah. his gambling and his substance addictions and I think yeah. that's like, really powerful for someone who's in such a pub- the public eye and still has a job with probably the UK's biggest sports provider. Yeah. 100%, and yeah. he he comes through and talks about all that. I think that's I think that was amazing. To be fair, and as much as I dislike some of his opinions, I think it's great that someone could do that and be open and honest. So good on you, Paul Merson. You did did you know that his playing career actually ended in two thousand and twenty? Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, I did, someone told me about this. He didn't get wheeled out for some massive. So he Saturday eleven. He finished. He finished at Walsall in two thousand and six. Went over to Tamworth, and then had a six year break. And then played one game for Welsh Pool Town. That was it. Who is a yeah. professional football team? Yeah. In 2012, and then in 2017 to 2018, he played for. Oh, I'm gonna murder the name of this, Cairo, uh, Cairo, in South Wales. Oh, fair enough. Uh, and then 2019 to 2020, played for Hanworth Villa for two games. Fair play. One so game per year. Good idea, he's, he's fifty. <laughs> he's fifty-three now, so he's fifty-two when he played those two games. Fair play for a non-league side. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> that love for the game, or there you go. He's got a lot of friends that are like. Oh, Paul, do you fancy a game, mate? <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely out walking the dog, wasn't he? So, uh, is, that, is that Paul Merson? Paul, do, you, do you want to come down, mate? Yeah, we just, just, then, then he's like, oh, oh me? Oh yeah, I'll just grab my boots that I happen to have with me. <laughs> He does strike me as the kind of guy who would carry around a pair of boots in case, <laughs> in case the opportunity came up. You never Definitely. know when you get the call. <laughs> what from that yeah. advert with uh, Bobby Charlton? And, like some kids walking, like playing in the park, and the ball rolls to Bobby Charlton and just smashes one top bins, and they're all like, "Whoa!" And Bobby Charlton's <laughs> just like, "Yep." <laughs> like, I imagine that's Paul Merson, but like, everyone knows who he is. It's like, "All right, yeah. Paul. Yeah, we know you're here. Thanks, mate." Yeah. Aren't, you, aren't you the aren't you guy from Soccer Saturday? Mate? Yeah. yeah, yeah. See yeah. you again next week, Paul. Thanks again. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying just on that actually it's really annoying so obviously being a, being a big city fan and having a natural hatred for man united even though they don't really care about us still even to this day even though we're a better team but Ooh. anyway <laughs> my point was that you know, i think we... i think as as a united fan we absolutely care that you are <laughs> in the champions league final I d- you can't really deny it it's yeah. so frustrating to see <laughs> <laughs> right then paul merson he needs an attacking midfield partner Yes, he does. Uh, and, and this guy is probably the... I've not met a City fan yet who doesn't 
give this guy the, the, the respect that he deserves, even if no one else really cares. But it is the the, the living legend that is Alano. Oh. Uh, you know, he he was. And the best way to describe it, similar to Paul Merson in a sense, you know when you get a player that's just way too good for your team <laughs> at the point that you are at? Alano is that guy. Bruno Fernandes. Well, exactly, Bruno <laughs> Fernandes, yeah. You know, we had obviously King Cladsey in, in the 90s and stuff, and everyone talks about that. It was a bit, bit before my time, that, so I've seen highlight clips and stuff, and you go, yeah, he was cool. But Alano was probably the player that made me be a City fan. I think, you know, obviously you've got, you know, the free kick against Newcastle and he scored a brilliant goal against Middlesbrough. And I think that goal might have been in the time when Middlesbrough spanked us 7-1, but there you go. But even then he was just He scored some worldies, didn't he? Yeah, he scored screamers for fun. You know, similar to, you know, Matty Taylor, but on a very different level. Uh, <laughs> he was, he was uh, you know, incredible. You know, he was the kind of, and I genuinely do believe, you know, he was on the par with you know, people like a Gundogan and probably would get in our team now. So, you know, it's, it was maybe. He was at City at the wrong time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And I think, you know, if he was, you know, I think he got something like 50 plus caps for Brazil. You know, yeah. to say that. that on 50. There you go, was it? Bang on. For for the clubs that he played for as well, you know, obviously City, you know, at the time weren't fantastic. Then he played for, I think we bought him off Shakhtar. And then he went to Galatasaray and stuff like that. I mean, not big clubs, really, in the, in the grand scheme of it. Obviously, City are a big club now, you know, just before you, you jump in there. But <laughs> they're You're you not know, a big club. You can no come yeah. out and whatever you want. You're not a big club. <laughs> but, you know, he was genuinely a player that was probably too good for City at the time. Yeah. And to I, go and get 50 caps, fair play to him. I watched City play, I think it was 2008, maybe? Yeah. Uh, against Everton. They actually lost that game against Everton. But the team was like, Joe up front. Petrov, Petrov <laughs> the on the wing. Is. Yeah, Rubinho was playing. They yeah. had uh, obviously Alano in midfield with Stephen Island. I think Richard Dunn was probably playing. Michael Richards was probably playing actually. Was that when Stephen Island had hair? Uh, I think he. It was like on the. He was clinging on. He was clinging on. He was like, "Come on, Stephen, mate, just <laughs> get a razor, mate. Come on, lad." Yeah. I remember watching that game, and like at the time, I didn't really think much of it. But I think back now, looking at the game, like. City controlled a lot of the game and then it was just like a, a Tim Cahill header from Everton corner, obviously, that won the game. But it was... I remember watching them thinking, the City seemed pretty good. And <laughs> I remember watching Alano thinking, he's, he's pretty good at football, isn't he? Like, yeah, he like, hit the handy. post with a free kick or something. Like, he was just yeah. like, had the ball on a string. I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. And then like, <laughs> yeah. And then obviously the Everton scored and it was, yeah. Mixed Absolutely. day for me. I, <laughs> I wasn't new to that. You were different Everton, anyway. so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is... <laughs> But yeah, I want like, both teams to lose. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How can they do that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, it's one of them where, like you, like you said, you can see that at the time he was just a class above, even with the, like Robinho. But Robinho was like 14 at that time. Yeah. So it wasn't quite full Robinho, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it wasn't. And the less said about him, the better, because, you know, a bit of a dodgy pass in the future. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, and he thought he was joining United. He thought he was. <laughs> that is one of my favorite. And I, to be fair, uh, that is what, as a City fan, you have to take it on the chin. So, so not only did he realize that there wasn't two clubs in Manchester, he also, on his, I'm pretty sure in his press conference when he's announced himself, he thought he was joining Chelsea. It was like, what are you doing? Like, you don't do any research. Are you just taking a paycheck. Well, this, this is what I <laughs> don't saw get. Bloom like, was it, like, oh, yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, cool. Chelsea. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely it's absolutely comedy that he thought he was going to United because he didn't realise there were two teams in Manchester. Yeah. That's funny in itself. But as a professional football player being paid that much, you do a bit of research into where you You'd go. at least go on Wikipedia, wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that was before the days of the power, the full powers Possibly. of Wikipedia were in play, in play by then. 
it, was, it would have been teletext. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Alano, Alano was absolutely fantastic. The only other person, and if I wasn't doing a team that was very much based around Man City and Portsmouth, the only other person that I can remember scoring such an iconic free kick. Do you remember Nakamura for Celtic when yeah. he scored that free kick against Man United? Oh, Champions wow. League, yes, love that. Wow. I mean, I, I remember I must have been... How, I must have been about probably about 10 at that point, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that bracket. You know, when you're not really into football, you're more into footballers. And that was, he was a player that I always kept an eye on. I think he went to Espanyol. And I, do you know, I'd have to double check it again, but he might even still be playing at the age of like 40. I Japan. think he is still playing yeah. in Japan, yeah. There you go. I mean, yeah. he was he was a maverick. There were, in fact, funny note on him, a little side note. There's one of these, you know, when you get these like incredible like Japanese game shows, weird things. There's yeah. this one bit where they've got Nakamura to take a free kick and time it so well that it will go through an open window of a bus as it's moving past. Wow. So there you go. That's a fun fact for you. Have a look at that on YouTube. That's brilliant. Japanese version of Way Rooney Street Soccer. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> right. right then, we move forward to the forward line, the front two. Absolutely, yeah. You don't often so, have two strikers in the same team on this podcast. There you go. I'm, uh, I'm very traditional. You know, I would have gone four four two if I could have done, but you know, I, I couldn't find any wingers that were appropriate. <laughs> you podcast. know, Paul Merson can play out on the wing. He'll, he'll do he'd, a bit of that. Would be the least mobile wing. Best of times. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, my first strike, uh, my first striker is probably my my favourite player for Man City ever before Kevin De Bruyne came about, and, and it was the legend that is Edin Edin Dzeko. He yeah. was fantastic. Uh, one thing, I, what I loved about Edin Dzeko, again, similar to like, you know, the old school City players where they were very much just putting 110% in every game, even if they didn't get a result, all that sort of stuff. He didn't score for probably the first six months when he joined City and it became a real sort of albatross around his neck. And I remember when he got his first goal and it would have been whatever the Carabao Cup was called back then. I can't remember. And probably about, you know, we're talking maybe even nearly 10 years ago now. Carling um, Cup? possibly yeah possibly but i was back in my parents house just coming for the weekend or something and on the local east midlands news in derby it come up saying jecko finally scores first goal for man city it was like, <laughs> this is such a big news that he'd scored <laughs> it was incredible and, and he went on to genuinely be such an important player obviously the the, the season we won the league in 11 12 you know Obviously scored that that famous six goal for City against United, you know, when David Silva does that little ping across, you know, so towards the back of him and he gets on the end of it. It was brilliant there. Sorry to bring that up, George. Um, right, he scored against us <laughs> yeah, again yesterday. Yeah, it's gonna say. Did he, oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. He yeah, did. yeah. See, did he, he, not? he loved City at heart. City didn't at he heart. score QPR game last game of the season? Well, that's but... what I was gonna come on yeah. to. Yeah, he obviously scores the the equaliser. Obviously, Zabaleta gets the first. Everyone remembers that because it was quite an impressive diving header. Then obviously uh Jamie Mackey scores and Digbril Cisse, another but obviously at the, at the dying embers before Aguero gets the famous goal it's it's Jekko who comes on as a sub and gets one from yeah. the corner and everyone forgets about that goal it was and so you don't get you don't get the Aguero goal if that doesn't go in so it's like exactly exactly yeah. he was he was brilliant and I think I'm pretty sure again I'd have to double check but I'm pretty sure he scored four goals against Tottenham that same season and you know, if there's one team again in the Premier League that you'd like to bury a few goals against it's Tottenham because they're ball jobs so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is like an out and out nine I yeah. like yeah. That's it. Classic yeah. striker. Classic. As it as if a the ball's in the box, I will score. <laughs> as, as a British football fan, 
he's he's like six foot so he wasn't like a proper target man but he was six foot four you know got on the end of things he was brilliant he's what you love he's, he's absolutely what you love. he's still a good player as well yeah. you know i was watching him in the uh, united game yesterday and he's still a decent player he knows yeah. where to put himself he knows exactly positioning wise he's absolutely fantastic yeah i am um, he's one of the remaining like out and out strikers i feel like you don't get yeah. him as much anymore maybe harry kane yeah, I wouldn't say that like Haaland's going to grow up to be that sort of player because yeah. I feel like he's going to have so much more about his game that he's not just going to be that. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's a dying breed almost. I'd probably say Haaland probably is a little bit more in the mould of, of, of Harry Kane because I think he's got a bit more technical ability. And more playmaking to his game. Yeah, exactly. Jekko is definitely more your penalty box striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah a, like a Lewandowski, like yeah, a Van exactly. kind of vibe. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I've sort of adopted Wolfsburg as my German team pretty much <laughs> off the back of Jekko and Kevin De Bruyne coming out of Wolfsburg. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you Cheers, go. Man. Yeah, nice one. Thank you. I think um, now at 35, so he joined Roma 2016, but yeah, like obviously he was on the first, but permanently joined in 2016. So past five years, scored 77 goals. So he's actually... Yeah been more prolific striker since he's hit 30. So he's like, he's aging like a fine yeah. wine. Definitely. Yeah. A fine Bosnian wine. Players. I don't know if that's <laughs> a wine country, but if it is. It is now. It is now. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. He's definitely, his last time did a similar thing, didn't he? Going back yeah. to him. You know, I think he was, he was obviously, you know, a brilliant player before then, but when he got to his first, that's when he really exploded when he went to Yeah, him. I think he's, the thing was that he scored more goals since he turned 30 than he did before. Yeah. yeah crazy. He went to a he went to AC on loan and then signed permanently, won the league and then moved to PSG for five years and he just and scored. scored. I mean, he's their, their record goal scorer, like all time goal scorer, and he was there yeah. for like five years. I mean, <laughs> it, it is a farmers league, so there you go. But yeah. either way, he's a fantastic player. <laughs> you can say that uh, now that you just beat PSG. It would be yeah, that's right. I'm just throwing that one in. I'm throwing <laughs> that one in. Yeah. And to be fair to Zlatan again, if I wasn't again focusing on on Man City and 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 Portsmouth players, and again if he hadn't have played for Man United, which to this day is still something that haunts me yeah me too he, he was up there he was a fantastic player I loved him loved all everything he was about he came and did it in the Premier League as well exactly. which is what a lot of people said everywhere. he wouldn't yeah. be able to do he was like you know what doesn't matter where I go I'm going and I'm doing it and he did yeah. it okay last striker yeah last striker um, you know in a similar vein to you know Zlatan bit of a maverick bit of a hero um, in fact I think he actually got mentioned in your villains George but <laughs> it, uh, it is the legend that is Mario Balotelli Mario yeah yeah he's he, he's the kind of player that I think every successful team's need, uh, team needs it is, it's a bit of a character you know he, we've, we've got him now we, we obviously uh, Ben Mendy you know he doesn't play a lot but he, you can tell he's just fantastic to have around the dressing room and Balotelli was that player you know when we won the league in 11-12 he had so many news stories coming out about him <laughs> that I'm pretty sure it deflected all the pressure away from the team going <laughs> on Mario and what he was going to do next obviously he's got the famous story of him driving into a women's prison to use the toilet I mean, <laughs> Having 50k cash on his car, uh, on his on his side yeah. uh, side uh, chair, and when the police stopped him and they asked him why, why have you got that, and he went just just because I can. Um, he obviously set off a load of fireworks in his bathroom, yeah, and then yeah. the next week was the fireworks in Bastida for Manchester City, which was fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, go to the library in Manchester and try and pay for everyone's fines, and the library said no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's just he was just brilliant. You know, so he was, 
I, I, I'm just to butt in. I'm so glad you picked him because I picked <laughs> him last week. Yeah. And uh, I didn't say much about him because you just, me- I think Drew had just mentioned Dean Natale and how much good yeah, he was doing. Yeah, how good he's doing. I, was like, I can't really. Insult, by the way. Yeah. I, didn't realize he, I mean, it. I knew he, he was like that player that he played in Asia like for years. And yeah. like, oh, he's such a good guy. And then, and then you told that story about when yeah, he meant so. Crazy, isn't it? Awesome. But, um, so we, we went back to Balotelli and I was like, I can't say anything that I was going to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of the funniest moments ever in football will be watching a guy try and put on a bib <laughs> and not realise how to do it for about a good two, two, three well, minutes. What's good is when the woman comes over to try and help him put it on, then he's still like, all right, yeah, I got it. Oh, no, I don't got it. Don't got it. <laughs> Can we also point out that this guy at this point was probably, what, in his, in his early 20s, and had been playing probably football since probably the tender age of about definitely worn a bib before. That's what I mean. I was like, how many bibs have you worn in your life, mate? Well, he's on the books of Barcelona. Maybe they're so football purists that they don't wear bibs. That's it. I feel I I found I found it so funny as well, where he 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 obviously got it wrong and he was wearing it almost like a sash. Yeah. And it it was just a point where he was like, this is how it's going to be worn now. (laughs) This is what it is now. New fashion. But I mean, he was, uh, you can talk about the funny stuff with Mario and, and he was genuinely like a brilliant character to have around, but he did genuinely that season, especially, you know, obviously he scored that famous shoulder goal against Norwich. Yeah. He scored the why always me goal in the six one. And obviously his only assist that whole season was the Aguero goal. And I think, you know, well, that's the only to... Premier League assist ever, wasn't it? Was it? Did he not get one for Liverpool either? No, he was absolutely shite for us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. He, he, scored, one, he scored one goal against Spurs, and that was it. Yeah, that was I a mean, tap in at that post. He was. I mean, he he very much struggled when he wasn't under Mancini. I think you know they obviously had a really nice relationship, which is dead cute and everything and fine. And to be fair, I think he went to AC after us and did really well one season. I mean, he scored yeah. quite a few goals, but after that, it's just been a real slide. He was good I for Marseille he, for a bit. Yeah, he was. When he, thing is with Mario, when he wants to play, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. When he doesn't, he's just terrible. And That's I think he's problem, now playing in Serie B with like Kevin Prince Boateng. Mon- it's like Monza or something. Is like that, it Monza? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think um, Berlusconi owns it, doesn't he? He's obviously yeah. just got up. Go on, lads. Let's get in. <laughs> yeah. All the controversial Italian figures from the past ten years. Let's all get in there. Come on. Come on, let's do it. Um, but yeah, you know, he was he was fantastic, and obviously you know, people forget. I think. His reputation and obviously himself really hurts the memory of what he was. You know, he did win the Golden Boy, you know, along yeah. with obviously some fantastic yeah. players. And for City, he genuinely was like behind Aguero and Tevez at that time, he was fantastic. Yeah, you know, he's good he, for, he's he was good for Italy as well. That goal he scored against Germany in the World Cup. Oh, the flex yeah. when he did the flex. <laughs> That goal is absolutely mad. If you look at the swaz he gets on that ball. Yeah. Jesus. He was he was there's there's one goal and I think it was I think it was when he when we sold him to AC when I think Clarence Seedorf might have been in charge from from that whole brief period where AC were terrible. But he just smashes this ball on the half volley, top corner. It's just like fantastic. That's yeah. what he was capable of. And, and yeah. Then the other side of it. Yeah. So exactly. This week, this, yeah. this story makes me sad when I name the players I'm gonna say. Yeah. So Ricky Lambert told a story about him and Mario Balotelli in Liverpool training. That makes me feel ill, that sentence. Uh, so Compare that to what you've got oh, now. Geez, I know, right? Compare that to what you've got Ricky now. Lambert, Lambert, the living legend. Yeah, Ricky Lambert said that in training, Mario Balotelli, if it wasn't going his way, he would just stop playing and start scoring own goals. Yeah. What the what? It's like that kid, you know, when you play on FIFA online and you come up against like this twelve-year-old that when they clearly aren't winning, they just score their own goals until yeah. you leave. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> I'm fine anyway. it's giving me vibes of like 
like when you're a kid and like you were in the park and then the kid who's like getting shafted she's like all right fine i'm taking my ball home yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think if the kid is the kid whose ball it is takes it home you, you're done that's yeah, it 100%. yeah that the, was the many, that was the many faces of mario Balotelli. but you know yeah. i think he's a cool guy i like him as a striker i think yeah I think Absolutely I think he could have been player. such a good striker if he'd he just you know focused a bit a more. World class player. He yeah. could have he could have like led the line for Italy for years and probably still to this day if he just was less of a knobhead. Well, if you <laughs> if you look if you look at his like his resume now of like who he's played for, he's got caps for Italy, which yeah. is a hard thing to do. There's always yeah. decent Italian players. City. Uh, Liverpool, I know he didn't do great at Liverpool, but that's on his resume. Marseille are a decent side. Um, who else was it? He, uh, Inter Milan. Inter, yeah, started Inter, like, his Academy, his yeah. resume for like a distinctly, I wouldn't say he's an average player because he is a good player. But he's like, slightly above a, average, I would say. He's, if you looked at his career now, you'd say he's, yeah. he's above average, but that's about it. But, but like for not a world class player, he's played yeah. for some world class clubs, and it's just Definitely. like yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's a story of what could have been with Mario Balotelli, isn't it? 100%. And that, I think that's what it is, you know, going back to that football manager, you know, infatuation that, you know, a lot of people do have. He was very much one of those players that came through that you always signed, yeah. you know, and, and it's because of how good he was. And yeah. sadly, he didn't live up to it. So there you go. There you go. All right, then. Well, super sub. Yes. Who are you bringing on? There's only one man for this. And I've gone back to Portsmouth. You know, he was a living legend and still is to this day at the club. He, he goes by the name The King. It is Carnu. So yeah. There you go. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. Carnu. But how how have Carnu and Matthew Taylor been picked twice when people <laughs> like <laughs> Bastian Schweinsteiger, Gattuso, Sadorf have only been picked once? <laughs> because it, it, you have to. It's pure nostalgia. It's pure nostalgia. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what. And to be fair to Carnot, less so Matty Taylor because he only scored probably. It, it was distinct. If we're being harsh, he was a pretty average player, but he scored a couple of screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carnot, to be fair to him, had some. He's got some uh, some accolades on his on his CV now. Obviously, for Portsmouth, he's an absolute legend because he scored the winner in the semi final. I think against West Brom, and yeah. then I think he scored the only goal in the FA Cup he final did. against Cardiff. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and you know, not only that, you know, this was a guy that had played for Ajax, Inter Milan, Arsenal, and I think he had a swan song at West Brom. Quinter, West Brom, he was that, yeah. That. yeah. But and then he ended up at Portsmouth on a free transfer under Harry Redknapp, did some incredible things. And obviously, when Portsmouth, unfortunately, did have that that collapse where they they fell down the leagues, I'm pretty sure. And again, I'd have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure he he sort of. Said like you owe me three million quid, but don't worry about it. Like you know, focus on the ah, club. Good and guy, Carnu. That's what I mean. You know, he's an absolute legend. And again, he's another one that you know, when you speak to a Portsmouth fan, no one will have anything to say against Carnu. He's yeah. he's a he's a legend. And I, I'm pretty sure Harry Redknapp has come out several times and said he didn't train once. He just turned up and played when he wanted. <laughs> 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 he was a legend. I, I mean, this is a guy who also got about ninety caps for Nigeria as well. Yeah. So he's he fantastic. He's so, a legend in Nigeria. I, I legend of football. Like to play for the clubs yeah. you mentioned. Like. Yeah, you don't do that if you can't play football. Hundred yeah. percent. Yes, you might look a bit odd when you're doing it, but he was a cracking player. <laughs> he was very similar to like a Peter Crouch type. You know, when someone's like too tall and too gangly, yeah. like you, you are not a spindly, like what? Are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he was like six five, six six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he, he was a legend. He, you know, he, he quite clearly was a class above at Portsmouth again, and and thankfully won him some some silverware that, that you know may not ever happen again for the next 20, 30 years. So. Yeah. Yeah, what, what a player. Mm. Right then, there's your your 
playing stuff done. Yes. We'll move on to the rest of the things after this short break. Right, manager, who are we saying? Uh, Again, I've tried to go for the less obvious ones. You know, I could have naturally, if I was going, who's the best manager you've ever seen or have experienced or whatever, it'd be Pep quite clearly. But the man I went for, again, was was Portsmouth. I, I don't... I don't want to call him a legend because he's obviously st- stained his reputation a bit with a fleeting visit to Southampton, but it is Harry Redknapp. Um, you know, for me, the man who should have been England manager before, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't on the job. Yeah. Well, it was before then, wasn't it? Who, who got the job ahead of him? It wasn't Steve McLaren, McLaren, was it? Was it McLaren? It was before, I think McLaren was before. Yeah. So it was whoever. Uh, oh, Roy. It was Roy. Roy Hodgson. It was Roy Hodgson. Uh, who got the job. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So Roy yeah. Hodgson got the job. Um, very much should have been Harry Redknapp. Roy the Owl swooped in there. Um, and, and Roy and, Hodgson has never swooped for anything. <laughs> <laughs> but Harry Redknapp was, he, you know, he, like him or love him, you know, he's obviously got a couple of interesting, you know, slight discrepancies on his on his CV and some various tax issues, supposedly. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a brilliant character. And, and you know, people like Paul Merson, when he was at, with him at Portsmouth, said he was one of the best managers he worked under. You know, he's just an ultimate football man. No one hangs out of the car door. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, if that's the sad thing that we will never experience again, most probably, is that we will never see Harry Redknapp outside of his Range Rover on transfer deadline. <laughs> deadline day legend. You yeah. can't yes, say that about absolutely. many people. No. And I'm pretty sure, was he not in charge of QPR with a famous Peter Oden wingy story when he drove down to the training ground? <laughs> <laughs> My favourite transfer story from Harry Redknapp is the Benjani one, where he sold Benjani oh, to City. yes. And Benjani saying... No, boss, I don't want to go. I want to stay here with you and be with you. I love playing here. My family lives here. I love it. And then I read that. I was literally like pushing him on the plane. Like, no, 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 no Ben that, no. that sounds That sounds like a breakup where one one party is not. <laughs> you know, it's like a boyfriend and girlfriend. The girl's gone like, no, it's not working. It's like, no, I want to stay with you. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to convince him that it's actually a great idea that we see other people. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Harry Redknapp was an absolute legend, and obviously yeah. he won the, uh, the the jungle, didn't he? So uh, yeah, he's king of the jungle. Yeah, king of the jungle. Yeah, he's the king of the jungle because that was the one before the castle, wasn't it? Oh, I was one, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. He's still, he's still reigning instead. king of the jungle. Yeah, and and he he bakes roly polies apparently, jam roly polies. There, so there you go. What yeah. more could you want from your manager? That's it. <laughs> I tell you what, Mario Balotelli would love to share a jam roly poly with Paul Merson. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Can you imagine that? Those three around the table. <laughs> That's the question, Mario. <laughs> Let's move on. Stadium, where are we playing these games? Right. So there is only one. All right. So I've got to caveat this slightly because the amount of stick that inevitably either you two or the rest of the listeners out there will give me, it is the Etihad. I'm going to caveat this with one game. One game that I've experienced that genuinely was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been to. And it was Cash Your Minds Back to 2019, Champions League, when we played Spurs. And it was one of the best games I've ever been to. And even though we I was got. I say, you lost. Over, you? I know, I know, I know. Genuinely, I know. And 
to be fair, and this is why I'm still a pretty strong advocate for VAR, because both decisions were correct on the night, so I can't knock it too much. But the atmosphere was incredible. I think because we were advancing the Champions League, it was sold out. I actually got free tickets that game as well from my boss nice. at work, which was even better. Took my missus as well, because I got two free tickets. She had no idea what was going on, but she got a flat. <laughs> she was happy. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it was just genuinely electric. And when Sterling scored that ended up being offside. I genuinely, I, I didn't go, unfortunately, to, to the, the, the 2012 goal, you know, game against QPR, but I, I could, it was genuinely electric, the atmosphere, and yeah. probably the best I've ever seen at the Etihad. So that's the only reason I put the Etihad. <laughs> because <laughs> be usually, fair, I, yeah. I've been there. It's, it's a nice stadium. It's nice. It's great. The, 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 the walk the, up to it is nice. The, like, the, yeah. the club shop outside. Well, I mean, this is talking like 12 years ago, so maybe it's different It's now, still nice now. And especially nice. we, City fans love rubbing it in when you compare it to Old Trafford because around that is just a desolate wasteland. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the one thing I love about that game is, you know, um, Spurs took uh, the, you know, the LA uh, chant that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Liverpool do, and they changed it all to be about that game. Yeah, that they beat City in, but it doesn't rhyme, <laughs> and it really annoys me. God, Spurs. And it's something God. like it's something like they they rhyme attack with disallowed or something like that, or they try <laughs> to, and it's just it's I can't remember. See, it, that's what, why Liverpool beat them in the Champions League final. Just yeah, just, just purely that. Like, no, lads, you can't stop that. You can't <laughs> Not only did they song and then ruin it. <laughs> This is what you get. It's so funny. But I think that's why they stole the full song because they were yeah. playing them in the final. But it was all about City and it was just like, that's that's a bit sad. <laughs> not, like... not only did they bottle the Champions League final, they bottled the chant. That's yeah. how bad it is. <laughs> Sex to be a Spurs fan. <laughs> yeah. uh, the only thing I will say about the Etihad Stadium is there's there's more people in it at home games at the moment than there normally is. Yeah, so, wow, yeah. that's it. Yeah. To be fair, right, and... and it's it's sad. It really is. And I think this probably will change, especially if we win the Champions League final this year. But we, it is a lot more busy for the Champions League games in recent years because it is so much cheaper than Premier League <laughs> games. So I myself will go to most Champions League games because it's £30 compared to £50 for a Premier League game. So there you go. And in the Champions League, you're playing against... Yeah, high we'll, yeah. We've, played, sides, you? Well, we've played we've played Shakhtar. We've played Shakhtar at least four times. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a couple of things on the Etihad before we move on. So the Etihad, <laughs> I saw a thing a few years ago where, and I, I don't believe the hype of like City don't have any fans and blah blah blah. It's a funny, it's a funny little anecdote. It's, a joke, it's, it's not it? real, is it? Like, yeah, City have fans. But I saw a few years ago that they were selling tickets for a Carabao Cup game for a pound, one pound. <laughs> One pound. I saw it like it popped up on like an advert on something I was looking at. I was like, a quid. It was like for under 16s, it was a quid to go to the city. To be, to be fair, more teams should do that for those leagues because this isn't just the Etihad. So many stadiums are so empty for like a Carabao game, yeah. especially if it's against a lower league side. It's just funny, give, like quid. Give the, quid. Give the tickets away for a quid. Get people in the stadium at yeah. least. I'm a like, massive, massive fan of that. I mean, I, I've been to quite a few of the under 23s games for that reason that it's three pound a ticket. So it's yeah. the same stadium that they play with the women's team. And it, it's, the stadium is genuinely a lot nicer than most championship grounds. So <laughs> fair play. You know, go there. Get straight on the tram. But I know you, you were saying the same thing. I think, did you not say, George, that we were talking about when Wrexham played Stoke or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what? that's what you want. You know, you, you want those sort of atmospheres created. So just you know, give the tickets yeah, away for free around, if you yeah. need to, yeah? 
Still funny for a quid, though. Anyway, <laughs> the, um, the other one, and I, like I said, I don't believe the hype of like City don't have any fans and like City can't fill the ground and blah, 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 blah. But genuinely, one of the funniest things I've ever seen is when football came back from the lockdown and they had the big screens up oh on the side God. of the pitch. Oh, my City God. City couldn't fill the screens. They couldn't fill the screens of about 16 slots. and They couldn't fill it. And it was, even if it was technical issues that stopped it from being there, just the appearance of, like, a few black squares was absolutely... If there's one club that so just funny. cannot happen to, so it's mean, it's it it awful. I think it so was, funny. I think it was technical issues, and I think it was for only, like, one part of the game, but it was so funny just because it was City. Oh, mate, it was so funny. Oh. Like, like you said, it's just, like, the stereotype of that being this, with City don't have any fans and then you can't fill a, a, a Zoom call. I <laughs> 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 oh, love it. Right then, We're away from the Etihad. It is a nice stadium, to be fair. I've been there. It's nice. It's a great campus, to be fair. They've, they've invested a lot of money into it, to be fair. Nice so. so, Kit, you made a, a reference before that we might have yeah. already mentioned a yeah, version yeah. of. So what have we got? Absolutely. There's only one kit that it could be, and it's purely because it was the first game I ever went to, but it is the, the 2003 Portsmouth kit with the TY sponsor. Uh, and it's something that has always stuck with me. That I thought, you know, I've always been a big fan of the Portsmouth kits anyway, the blue, white and red socks, uh, but the TY sponsor in particular, I mean, everyone had them bears anyway growing up, so yeah. it made it even more special. So it's worth a hell of a lot of money now, George by the way. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. It's worth a fortune. Madness. Fun fact that I remember, Georgia Sissy's collect them, did she not? She, uh, she did, but it was only because like one of her best friends like almost forced this habit upon her. So it was like, uh, it was really weird. That sounds like, that sounds like something she was embarrassed about and told you that. Like, <laughs> yeah, she forced me to but, do it. But honestly, like the amount that some of them are worth now, it, it's yeah. something like if you kept the tag on them, they're so it's crazy. They go it? for so much money. I don't want to know who's buying them. <laughs> these weird furries out there but there oh you go. yeah Jesus. <laughs> hey, look, that's an iconic kit though like you look yeah, at that yeah. kit and you think yeah. i'll be honest i i have no idea who, who made that shit i just looked at it now i'm like i've, I've, not, I couldn't I've tell never you seen now. that logo in my life could not tell you now i, I always thought for some reason i thought it was nike but it's not i was, I was like nike, what, what is that i don't know who makes it it's, it's, an, about it. it's an imposter brand that wants to look like <laughs> nike. Like that's so false come on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the port. So someone shipped over some dodgy kits. And they were like, "Yeah, we'll have that nice one." Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Yeah. T- <laughs> T- T- Why you shot the best? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. nice one. Yeah, that genuinely looks like you know, you know, when we played Penabrindry, it's like it's it's like Stano. No, but it's not. I don't mean Stano in particular, but like one of those brands, which is just yeah. for like Sunday league sort of. Like you get a catalog and you can flick through it and decide which yeah. kit you want. What is that? Oh, I need to find this out now. Buy it. Odds on you buy it. Come on. <laughs> Let's do it. it. It literally doesn't even say on classic football shirts. Manufacturers, Pompey Sport. Pompey, they got their own wow. thing. Oh, I bet they're not still in business now, are they? No. <laughs> they so they had their own... Pompey Sport, fair play. That's right, like a local, a local business. So like, yeah, do you want to make our kits? Nice one. We're in the Premier League, but do you want to make the kits? I've just Googled Pompey Sport. It doesn't even come up. No, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> just the team comes up. That's how old school oh. we're talking. Love that. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what they used to do in the championship before these good old days. So, yeah. <laughs> just, just bought a blue shirt and drew that on. Like, yeah, that's just, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pompey Sports. That's a shell corporation for something else. <laughs> wow. 
Right then, well, there we go. There's all your selections in place. So we'll read back, we'll read back through them to make sure you're happy. And then you can name the team. Yes. So here we go. Formation was a 4-2-2-2. Two, two, two. Yes, it was. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> yes, I can confirm. Sorry, like, <laughs> your goalkeeper was Man City legend responsible for winning the Champions League if you win it, Nicky Weaver. <laughs> right back, Micah Richards. Centre-back prairing of Limboy Primus and Richard Dunn. And then left-back, free-scoring, worldy-scoring, Matty Taylor. Yeah, and we move on to your midfield. And the two central midfielders, we've got Joey Barton and Michael Johnson. A terrifying partnership, if you, <laughs> if you ask me. Joey Barton probably contributed to Michael Johnson not having the career. <laughs> yeah. Was he the youth player that he stubbed the cigar <laughs> out on? Oh, yeah, he very, very could have been. Oh, he very God. well could have been. Um, your attacking midfielders, you have Paul Merson and Elano. Uh, your strikers, <laughs> an actual partnership from yeah. the, the glory days of City back in the early 2010s. Edin Dzeko and Mario Balotelli with a super sub. Good old granddad Carnu. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I genuinely don't think Carnu retired from football until he was at least 42. Ah, he's not retired now. He's still somewhere. Yeah, he's still going. He's, he's still playing Paul in Nigeria. Paul Merson <laughs> popping up to a Sunday league team in Wales somewhere. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And then the manager, we've got the uh, reigning king of the jungle and the guy who hangs out of his car window every deadline day, even though he's not a manager anymore. It's Harry Redknapp. <laughs> Your stadium is the Empty Had Stadium. Oh, oh, oh All right, I'll do it properly. The stadium is the Etihad Stadium. <laughs> I'll stay there. Uh, you can't hide from that. You said you can do it. <laughs> and the kit is uh, made by the illustrious company of Pompey Sport. Is the Portsmouth 2003 kit with the TY logo on the front. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So an amazing team. All that has to do is to name this team. Yeah. and, and Portsmouth I've... City. It's, it's not, no, no. I've gone for, I promise I'm not a glory supporter FC. There you nice. Go. There you go. That was highlighted to get by the Portsmouth players you put in there. Yeah, <laughs> just had to get it in there. <laughs> well, Liam, absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yeah, cheers, Thanks guys. again for coming on. Really enjoyed a real it. pleasure. Right, so there, there we go. Liam, with another great guest, another great team. Yeah, I, I think that's the only team we've ever had that's consisted of players from only two separate teams. Yeah, madness. Like when he when he said about um, Portsmouth City, I didn't think it was fully going to just be. Yeah, what what a combination of yeah. teams! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually got a pretty decent team for a championship side. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be pretty decent. So obviously, starting from the formation four two two two, not what we've had before. Pretty narrow, not a very common formation. Yeah, quite narrow. Not a lot of pace in this team, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, the back line, obviously quite city. Well, very. I was going to say quite city and Portsmouth heavy, but that's the whole team. So that's the thing <laughs> yeah, to say. I was going to say. <laughs> Nicky Weaver in net, one of those players that, like like Liam said, never really played that much, but still remains a city legend because what where he was in the team at the time, what they I were mean, doing and where he got with them. I mean, until recently, uh, City was scraping the barrel for legends. Anyway, so. they got clear. They got to pick anyone they can. Have you played two appearances for City? Legend. That's why Richard Dunn is their biggest legend. He's <laughs> he's gonna have a statue in a few years. <laughs> They've got hold records for something. That's not... in the end. He was literally just they were just passing it to score tap in so get the own goal record. <laughs> so yeah, that back four: Richards, Primus, Dunn, Taylor. That's a, like a quintessential early two thousands set like uh, defensive. Sorry, defending unit like 
Yeah, I'm not sure how how well it would work in these days. No, no, oh, that's getting shafted these days. <laughs> if you get you put, Salah running you put through City's them. front line against that now, oh my goodness, <laughs> you got no chance. But yeah, that that back line obviously a good mix. Well, plenty of Premier League appearances. Obviously, Michael Richards had a lot of injury issues, but mm. a great player all the same, and a great pundit like we said, and then the others just like proper nostalgic Premier League players from that early 2000s, like yeah. Obviously, uh, Michael Richards didn't really break through till, what, 2008, 2007, 2008? But I think he could have been such a good player as well. Yeah, it is a real shame, injuries. isn't it? It is a real shame. It is. But yeah, obviously, hell of a player. And, and the rest of that back line too, Linvoy Primus, Richard and Mike Taylor, just Premier League legends. Even if, like, this Hall of Fame thing, I'm not a big fan of, to be honest, because I think it means we players might get lost in the shuffle, like a Linvoy Primus, like a Matty Taylor. Whereas they might not be well, a Hall of Fame because they didn't score all the goals, they didn't do all this, but they were, they were there. They were doing it all along and they were heroes in their I own agree. right. I agree with you on this as well because when when the nominees the nominees for like a new batch came out and you got to vote for them, the fans get to vote for them. And it was just United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal. Yeah, it's like just whitewashing the Premier League. No, and I think there was a couple but... of Newcastle as well. And it's just like, it it gets rid of everyone else. And it's yeah. so I, I think I agree with you. It's a very American thing. Yeah, I, don't think it, yeah I don't like it. Yeah, not a big fan of that. But some great players in that defence, all the same. Midfield, I can't say <laughs> there's many good players in there. <laughs> well, the centre pairing anyway. One player who hardly played, and the other player who hardly played through injury, and one player who hardly played because he's an absolute knobhead. Yeah. Um, yeah, one's an estate agent now, and one's the manager of Bristol, so... Who's the real winner? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> well, I don't know. If he's an estate agent, they get a fair bit. I think he owns the estate agent as well. That's, That's what I mean. It's his estate agent. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, pretty cool. He must have a bit of money behind him. Yeah. And Joe Barton's just still a dick. Yes. <laughs> Never changes. Speaking of people that are massive dicks, Paul Merson. <laughs> like the Do some research, Paul. <laughs> Doesn't take much. Just just research one fact before you spout it on the on the TV. He when I was talking about Graham Sunis before, I sort of see Paul Merson in that same sort of ilk where they're just aging pundits that need to say outlandish things to get themselves more TV time so they don't get replaced by the yeah, younger generation. It's like with Graeme Sooners who just constantly, even if he has a good game, belittles Pogba. And exactly, it's like, yeah, it's just weird. Like, just get over <laughs> it. Like, we get that you don't like Paul Pogba, but I don't think Paul Pogba cares if you, an old Scottish man, doesn't yeah. like him. Um, and then Alano, who, like I said uh, in the main part of the pod, was at City at the wrong time because yeah, he definitely. would he fit in a in a good City side. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, He's definitely such a good player. Yeah, but I suppose with that, a lot when Alana moved on was like just before they bought David Silva. So obviously yeah. there was like he had to move on to make room for players like David Silva. So I think I think City fans would probably take that as a as a toss up. Alana or David Silva, they'd probably take David Silva. I mean, yeah, I think I'd take David Silva. I would definitely take David Silva. Yeah. <laughs> and then. That strike partnership, an actual strike partnership, and a very successful one of that, actually. They've obviously won the league together. The league? They both they both contributed massively to that final game of the season against QPR. Jekyll yeah. with the goal, Balotelli with his falling over assist. Yeah, that, that game has appeared too much for me on this <laughs> podcast. Um, horrible, horrible day in my life. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. I can imagine, yeah. As a neutral. <laughs> well, actually, a neutral in the sense I just didn't want United to win. So that, was, that was nice. <laughs> But yeah, good, both great players in their own right. Like we said, Ed and Jacko aging very well, and Mario Balotelli going the complete opposite way and aging very poorly. Yeah, 
But one's I mean, aging, one's aging like a fine wine. One's aging like milk out of the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true though. <laughs> Unlucky Mario. All right, so on to Carney, the super granddad, granddad Carney. JJ gave us a big, big speech on the, the wonders of Granddad Carney. So if you ever want to hear what he actually did in terms of a football career, head back to JJ's episode and listen to JJ. Wax lyrical about Carnu because it's it was lovely to see someone yeah. so passionate about a player that I didn't really care about before that. To be yeah. honest, and he he said didn't he uh, JJ in his episode that he was statistically the best, like it actually was statistically the best super sub or yeah. the best substitute. Yeah, just like Peter Crouch with better close control was Carnu. Some of the goals he scored were mad. That one where he dribbles down the line, I think it's against Chelsea. <laughs> dribbles on the byline and gets like lobs it over the keeper from a stupid angle just yeah, yeah great player great player and then also is managed by Mr. Jam Roly Poly hanging out the window making weird transfers bringing guy. on bringing on fans as subs was that Harry Redknapp wasn't it <laughs> I think so yeah For West Ham yeah. but yeah I mean Harry Redknapp a legend of the game he can't I'm surprised that's the first time he's appeared actually yeah, he's, he is like that Premier League manager, like he always reminds me of, like, um, what's his name? Um, Thingy Bassett, England manager, Mike Bassett, English English manager. The the comedy series with Ricky Tomlinson plays oh. the England manager. That's just the vibe I get from Harry Redknapp. Like <laughs> he shouldn't actually be a football manager. He's just there because no one's told him he shouldn't be. I have him in the same bracket, and I couldn't tell you why or for what reason. Like I have him in the same bracket as Sam Allardyce. Yeah, Sam Allardyce and Harry Redknapp, and, and, and like... Alan Kirbishley should be in there, and Alan Pardew, and like, <laughs> yeah, 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 that that sort of group of managers that just sort of did the merry-go-round for the shit teams in the <laughs> early two thousands. <laughs> but a great manager in his own right, and like, obviously a Premier League legend. Very yeah. handsome son, <laughs> which is weird when you look at him. Yeah, how he produced Jamie Redknapp, I'll never know. Adoption. Well, maybe. Let's not start that rumour. No, no. There's probably a rumour going around somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, stadium. All games played in the, the Etihad. I'll say it right this time. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> better than last time. But yeah, Etihad, like I said, I've actually been there. It is a nice stadium. The, the jokes about it being empty are very funny and uh, probably true as well. So that's, that's funny. The, the thing is, the thing is, it's like um, now that they are possibly going to win the Champions League I can't I can't bet against them I think they no, are going to win the Champions League as well, yeah. um, you might see an increase and it's like in some ways that's not, that's nice that a, that a football team is going to fill the stadium but is that going to be full of plastic fans is the worry about yeah. it it's not what you but, want I mean it I already feel, was anyway like in, so you might as well yeah. There's, there's going to be a conflicting thing now because then all the Chelsea, all the City fans are going to be conflicted as to whether they should support Ch- City or Chelsea because most of them used to be Chelsea fans before City got money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's a weird. What I'd like, there's probably so many plastic fans that are in the in Old Trafford when it's there. And that's yeah, why it's same so, with Liverpool. It's any club, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, any successful club that does well and it looks cool on your Instagram, you're going to get fans like that. Aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of I things think, that look cool, I on think you, personally like, though, if you support a lower league side, that looks cooler on you. That's true. Like, um, with, if, say for instance, with Portsmouth, someone supports Portsmouth, and I see that on their Instagram, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know what else is cool about Portsmouth? The 2003 home kit. 
made by Pompey Sport. I can't Ooh. believe that. I, I can't believe that either. I genuinely always thought it was Nike for some reason. I don't know why. I always in my head it was Nike. So they've just... Well, we're assuming it's them. We can't actually find them on Google. No. So it's yeah, crazy. it's an imposter kit brand made Portsmouth's kits with one of the most iconic kits of the Premier League era with the TY on the front. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. With the Red Sox. Watching Mike Taylor banging goals in that kit. Legendary. <laughs> yeah. And then the name. I promise I'm not a glory hunter FC. Which I think he proved by picking players for City. Yeah. For <laughs> City's prime and also picking Portsmouth players. Yeah. 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 Good on you, Liam. So yeah, what a team. Best player, worst player? Uh ooh. I'm gonna go best player Alano. Or Jacko. I was gonna say Jacko. Yeah, I'm thinking Jacko maybe. Because he won the league with them as well. Yeah, and he's very good. Uh, worst player is probably going to be the guy that retired at 26 years old. Why? Michael Johnson. Yeah, but he was good. That's the only thing. It's no, just... but yeah, I agree though because you never actually saw him do it. No. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, Michael Johnson. Sorry, Michael. If I ever want to buy a house in in, in Manchester, I'll give you a shot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Another. Week, another podcast in the bag. As always, you can check us out on our social media channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all under the handle at Nostalgia FC Pod. And if you fancy, you can send us an email at Nostalgia FC Pod at gmail.com. Boom. Feel free to send us suggestions for new episodes, suggestions for guests. If you want to appear yourself, slide into the DMs. We're always open to that. Uh, and yeah, thanks again for listening. Remember, if you can rate and review, please do so. It does really help us get into the algorithms and get out to, to new far-fangled places. We're on 15 countries at the moment. We'd love to expand that. So share this with your friends, get everyone listening, and let's uh, let's get this going. Let's keep this going. So thanks again for listening. It's been a real pleasure to have you all back with us listening again. Until next time, this has been the Nostalgia FC. That was Liam Anderson delivering, I promise I'm not a Glory Hunter FC, and what a team it was. And what a team it was. Got another funny anecdote. It's a brilliant one. When City finally got taken over in 2007, obviously, there's a famous image on Sky Sports and they're talking about it taking over, and there's loads of City fans behind. Oh, you God. The classic yeah. Egyptian thing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> an Egyptian. Not even Egyptian. I'm not that. even close to yeah. Egypt. Not yeah, even yeah. the same fucking continent. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Right.